0: Two, one. 7 Things You Probably Didn't Know Really Tonight. I'm Jamie East, and this, this is The Smart 7. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, the 1st of June, and it's World Milk Day. And a big happy birthday to Morgan Freeman, Ronnie Ward, Heidi Klum, and Alanis Morissette. There were several new twists in the Partygate tale on Tuesday. Firstly, former Business Secretary Andrea Leedson was openly critical of the Prime Minister in her letter to her constituents. She accused him of unacceptable failings of leadership. That was followed by more Tory MPs submitting letters of no confidence in Boris to the 1922 committee. However, Committee Chair Sir Graham Brady was remaining coy about exactly how many letters he's received so far. Do you keep having to add up the letters do you daily, or how often do you look at them? It's not a regular pastime requirement. Then, Lord Guy, the PM's Ministerial Standards Advisor, suggested in his annual report that the Prime Minister needs to explain why he believes he hasn't breached the ministerial code after he received a fixed penalty notice. It's all starting to look somewhat shaky for the man who takes no responsibility, as former leader of the Conservatives William Hague told Times Radio. Either next week or around the end of June, they are moving towards having a ballot. It looks like that. Meanwhile, Durham police have now issued both Keir Starmer and Angela Rayner with questionnaires as the investigation into Beergate continues. Russia continues to pile on pressure in Ukraine with aggressive shelling in the east and ground forces continuing to push into the city of Severodonetsk. Governor of the Luhansk region, Serhai Haydeh, says the Russian shell is a chemical plant full of nitric acid, which has spread fumes across the city. He also warned that Russia is gaining the upper hand in the street-to-street fighting. The situation is hard in the Lugansk region and in Severodonetsk in particular, because the Russians sent all their troops to capture the city. I would say that now 70% of the city is under their control, but there are still fights inside the city. Meanwhile, the EU has announced a sixth round of sanctions, which include removing Russia's largest bank from the international banking system, and as European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen explains, further reductions in Europe's dependency on Russian oil and gas. Council should now be able to finalise a ban on almost 90% of all Russian oil imports by the end of the year. The impact of the energy crisis caused in part by the war continues to be felt in the UK as petrol prices hit a new record high. The average price is now 173p per litre for unleaded and almost 183p for diesel. Labour's Shadow Financial Secretary James Murray says the government just hasn't done enough to tackle the twin issues of an energy crisis and a cost-of-living crisis. Well, I think this is really a a national problem, obviously, and it's one which is impacted by um, inflation going up as much as it is. The fact the government hasn't had a national food strategy, the fact the government have not got on top of supply chain issues, um, and so on. So, really, this is a national issue that the government needs to get a grip on. Chancellor Rishi Sunak was out and about at a lighting factory, and he seems to think the best solution to the cost-of-living crisis is for more people to get jobs. I think what's important to remember is actually the best way to help people long term is to get people into work and make sure that those jobs are well paid and that's the kind of thing that we're focused on doing. As the whole of the UK gets ready for what the internet's calling the platy-jubes, don't be too surprised if you run into travel chaos along the way. With two million people expected to fly over the next few days, there have already been cancellations from travel operator Tui and a number of airlines. Airports have been struggling to cope with the boom in passengers after the pandemic, and delays and missing luggage seem to be a recurring issue. Arts Minister Lord Parkinson seemed happy to blame the travel companies for the delays when he spoke to Kay Burley. The company should have had the, the people in place I and mean, we're working f- with the colleagues of the Department of Transport to make sure that uh, they can get people in as swiftly as possible. Chancellor Rishi Sunak also seemed quite unsympathetic about the travel problems. we put in place obviously billions of pounds of support for the travel industry in particular during the pandemic. You know right now there are you know conversations happening between the industry and ministers to make sure that that disruption can be eased and that's where the focus is for the ministers right now happy traveling still to come on the smart seven an epic tennis battle at Roland Garros overnight and there are three yes three versions of Pinocchio on the way right after this a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times There was plenty of action in the French Open on Tuesday as the quarterfinals unfolded. Rafa Nadal took on Novak Djokovic in the evening session with the 13-time winner Nadal defeating the defending champion 6-2, 4-6, 6-2, 7-6 and going through to the semis. After the game, Nadal spoke about the support of the crowd throughout the four-hour match which ended in the early hours of Wednesday morning. I think uh, probably they know that I'm not going to be here for a lot of more times. So uh, yeah, The feeling about playing in the most important place and the most important special place personally in my tennis career and feel the support of all the crowd is just something very difficult to, the, to describe. American teen sensation Coco Goff was in the quarterfinal action knocking out fellow American Sloane Stevens in two sets to reach her first Grand Slam semi-final. She'll face unseeded Italian Martina Trevisan in the semis and she took a moment on court to share a positive message with the fans. Your results and even in, in life in general your results or your job or how much money you make doesn't define you as a person so just know that if you love yourself who cares what anyone else thinks the brand new danny boyle series pistol just dropped on disney plus it follows the story of the sex pistols and in particular steve jones and it's had well mixed reviews with former sex pistol john Lydon calling it the most disrespectful I ever had to endure, although he may not have even seen it. But as director Danny Boyle told Chris Evans on Virgin, it was about much more than the music. It wasn't just a music movement. It actually had a whole philosophy behind it and about creation and how it comes out of chaos and a dress code to go with it, really. It was an extraordinary force in all our lives at the time, I think, that whether you became a punk or not, and it just liberated you from what you were destined to be, I think. It's a tale as old as time. Elderly man makes a wooden toy and brings it to life, right? Well, it's certainly a classic fairy tale, and there are not one, not two, but three different versions of the Pinocchio story on the way. Guillermo del Toro is making a darker version of the story for Netflix, with Ewan McGregor and Finn Wolfhard. That's due to drop in December. There's also a Russian animated version and a brand new Disney live-action remake. Disney's gone with Tom Hanks as the elderly wood chipper, and their version drops on September the 8th, which, of course, is Disney Plus Day. Star light, star bright, first star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might, have the wish I wish tonight. This has been The Smart 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Have a great day. Written, produced and published by Daft.com.